Welcome to Gateway Church Cymru, church where anyone can be transformed by the story of Jesus. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. Well, I'm looking forward to sharing the Word with you today, and, and today I'm going to be continuing the message that I shared last week on Vision Sunday. Last week I shared the vision that God had laid on my heart for us as a church in 2021 and beyond And that vision is to build for the future. We believe that this is a blank canvas for us now as a church going forward and that we want to see God's will being done within the life of our church and within your life and within my life as well. We want to see his kingdom come and we want to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit in the days to come. So I'm excited about all that God is going to do. And last week I shared that the first thing that we are going to do as a church, the first thing that we are going to build upon, the foundation in which we are going to lay, is to build the corporate altar. We see that this was something that Ezra did back in the, New, in the Old Testament when Ezra was called by God to lead a small group of believers to come back to Jerusalem after 70 years in exile and rebuild the temple of God. But before Ezra built that temple to the Lord, he did something else. And we read about it in Ezra chapter 3, verse 2 to 3. It says, Then Joshua, son of Jehozadak, joined his fellow priests in Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, with his family in rebuilding the altar of the God of Israel. They wanted to sacrifice burnt offerings on it, as instructed in the law of Moses, the man of God. Even though the people were afraid of the local residents, they rebuilt the altar at its old site. Then they began to sacrifice burnt offerings on the altar to the Lord each morning and evening. You know, before Ezra rebuilt the temple, He built the altar. You know, the altar is the place of consecration. It's the place of communion and it's the place of commission. And this is something that I'm going to be unpacking in the next couple of weeks in our prayer meeting online on a Tuesday night at seven o'clock. But you know, the altar is that place where we come, where we lay down our lives before the Lord. We surrender our lives and say, God, use me. You know, I, I want to see your will being done in my life. And it's there that we talk to God, where we speak to God and where God moves in and through our lives and directs us and gives us his call for our lives. And and in the New Testament, we see that the altar is actually the place of prayer. It's the throne room of grace where we can come before our God every day and find the mercy and grace that we need to walk with Jesus and to live out this call that he has placed on our lives and live out our salvation. But, you know, as I said last week, this is the first thing that we are going to do as a church Just like Ezra did when he he came back from exile with those small group of people, he called them all together to come and build a corporate altar. And that's what we're going to do. If we're going to go forward and we're going to see God do great things and we're going to be building for the long haul, then we're going to have to lay the right foundation. And we're going to come back to that place. and, And that corporate altar for us as a church, as I shared in our heart and soul meeting, is the prayer meeting. This is going to be central for everything that we do as a church going forward. We're going to be restarting the prayer meeting. You know, it's the only way that we're going to build for the future. It's the only way in which we're going to see the power of God released. Yes, it's great to have different programs and ministries. But unless it's God's hand upon it, unless it's God's will, unless we see the power of God in it, then everything that we do will be ineffective. And I I don't know about you, but I want to see God build up our church. I want to see God move in people's lives. I want to see people come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. I want to see signs, wonders and miracles, which Jesus has promised. And if we want to see that happen, then we're going to have to connect with God and get back to the place of prayer. 
And so over these next three weeks, starting today and over the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be sharing about how we can build the corporate altar. And today I'm going to look at just the first part. This is something that God's laid on my heart for us over the next couple of weeks and show us how we are going to build the corporate altar. And so the first way in which we're going to build the corporate altar is we're going to build it as the main priority. Listen to what it says in Isaiah chapter 56 verse 7. It says, I will bring them to my holy mountain of Jerusalem and I will fill them with joy in my house of prayer. I will accept their burnt offerings and sacrifices because my temple will be called a house of prayer for all nations. This was something that Jesus said even in the New Testament as well in the Gospels when Jesus entered the temple in Jerusalem. And he, as he entered the temple, he's seen that people had turned the temple, the place of worship, into a place where they would sell their goods. They turned it into a marketplace. And Jesus, he had this righteous anger and began to turn over the tables. And he said that my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you've made it a den of thieves. You know, that is God's heart for his church, is that it will be a place where the people of God come to seek the Lord. And not just to fill it with other things, but to seek him and to put him first, to love the Lord God with all of our heart. That's what God wants for his church and when his people come together is to seek him and him alone, to worship him, to give him the praise and glory that is due to his name. His house is to be called a house of prayer. And we see that this is a priority for Jesus. And right the way throughout the Bible, we see that it is constantly on God's heart. Old Testament, New Testament, the place, the corporate altar, the place of prayer is a priority for God. You know, in the Old Testament, we read of a story with the people of God, the people of Israel and, and David in 1 Chronicles in chapter 13. We see that actually the people of God, they had been without the presence of God for over 20 years because one of their enemies, the Philistine, had come and taken the Ark of God, which is where the presence of God used to dwell in the Old Testament. They had taken that away from Israel when they fought them and they defeated them. And you know, the people of Israel, they were happy to, to go about with their lives living without the presence of God. Even though they were the people of God, they were happy to live their lives without the presence of God. And, you know, unfortunately, many people are today as well. Many people are happy to live their lives and have the name Christian, but not really live it out and not really long to know God in their lives. And, you know, they, they were happy to live without the presence of God. But, you know, King David, he was anointed by God to become the king of Israel. And listen to what the first thing that David did in 1 Chronicles chapter 13, verse 3. This was the first thing he did when he became king. It says, it is time to bring back the ark of our God, for we neglected it during the reign of Saul. David knew how important the presence of God was. The Bible says that David was a man after God's own heart. And so the first thing that he did when he became king was to get the presence of God back amongst the people, to get the people back worshipping Jesus, uh, worshipping God, back to the place of prayer, back to the place of seeking God and longing for his presence. We see that the corporate altar was vital in the Old Testament. Fast forward a few hundred years and even as we come to the New Testament, we see that the place of prayer was a priority for Jesus. Jesus had his own personal altar. Every day he would go to the place of prayer and spend time communing with his heavenly father. Up on the mountainside, he would get alone and spend time seeking his father's face and seeking the will of his father. And you know, Jesus instructed his disciples to pray. You know, we see that even in, in the Beatitudes, Jesus told them about having that quiet place. He instructs us all to have that quiet time with the Lord. But did you know Jesus also emphasized the importance of praying together with other Christians as well? 
Prayer isn't just something that we should do on our own, but we see that it's something that Jesus commands his, his followers to do, the church to do. Listen to what he says in Matthew 18, verse 19 to 20. It says, I also tell you this, if two of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. For where two or three gather together as my followers, I am there among them. Yes, Jesus tells us about the importance of praying on our own, about having our secret place. We should all have that. But also here, Jesus, he's emphasizing how important it is for the people of God, for his disciples to also come together and pray. We also see it in the book of Acts as the church is born. The church was born in a prayer meeting. The 120 followers of Jesus, after Jesus had rose again and he ascended into heaven, he told his disciples to wait in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit came. And we see that they were waiting, 120 of them, in the upper room, waiting for this promise to come to pass. And it was as they were praying, as they were worshipping God, that the Holy Spirit was out, was outpoured. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They began to speak in, in tongues, in new languages that they never learned. And then we see that the church was born. They went out in the power of the Holy Spirit, began to preach about Jesus, and the church began to grow. We see it was a mark of the early church constantly coming together and praying. It wasn't just on the day of Pentecost, but they were constantly coming back together to pray. And even as we look back throughout church history, even in modern times, we see the importance of the prayer meeting. You know, we see even in 1857, there was a man named Jeremiah Lamphia. He was an American. And at that time, America was doing very well. The economy was strong at that time. But, you know, as a result of that, the people of the nation had turned away from God. That's what often happens when we become comfortable and when God begins to bless us. You know, people can often turn away from God, just like our nation has at this time and many nations across the world have. But you know, at that time, the nation was doing very well. But Jeremiah Lamphia, he was burdened by the Lord to, to put God first again and to get the people to come back to the place of prayer, to put Jesus first, to seek him first above all things. So Jeremiah, he decides to, to start this prayer meeting and it was on Fulton Street in New York and he had advertised it. He had put flyers out everywhere about it so that all these businessmen and women could come and pray at 12 o'clock once a week. You know, in that first meeting, only six people turned up. You know, he was called by God. He felt burdened by God to start this prayer meeting, but only six people turned up. And in fact, they were half an hour late for this meeting. You know, Jeremiah, though, he wasn't discouraged by this. And so he decides to hold it at the same time the following week. Well, the following week, the meeting actually grew. It grew up to about 20 people in total came along. But, you know, it was very slow in growing and it didn't grow much uh, further than that. But, you know, a few weeks later, the economy in America crashed and people were totally devastated. They were afraid about the future. And so as a result of that, as a result of Jeremiah beginning to pray and advertising this, we see that God began to move on that nation at that time and began to move in men's and women's hearts. And, the, and history tells us that after that moment, that between 10 and 50,000 people were meeting regularly to pray on a lunchtime. And they were meeting every single week to do this, not in the same place, but it spread right across America. There was a revival taking place just as a result of Jeremiah Lamphere's obedience to the call of God. Just as a result of this prayer meeting between 10 and 50,000 people. And God moved in incredible ways. And, and they weren't just meeting just once a week. After a certain amount of time, they were meeting daily. People were coming back to God, repenting, getting their lives right before the Lord. 
And you know, that's not just in America, we see the importance of the prayer meeting. Even right here in our own nation, right here in Wales, we see the importance of the prayer meeting. We only have to go back to 1904 and see with the Welsh revival how God had burdened a young man named Evan Roberts. He'd been praying for half his life, but at 26 years old, he had gone off to Bible college and he began to hear how God was moving in West Wales. And God was stirring something within him and God often visited him and he had these visions from the Lord and God was speaking to him and saying that there would be a hundred thousand people saved in Wales. So Evan Roberts, he, he decides to pack up and leave Bible College early and he goes back to his hometown of Lucha, Nietzsche and he goes back there and he's burdened to begin to seek the Lord and to get people to come and seek the Lord. And in his home church, he called people to come to pray. Now, the prayer meeting, it started off very small. There was only a handful of people. And in fact, there was only young people who were coming along, youth who were coming along. But, you know, as, as the weeks went on, as they continued to pray and trust in God and, and seek God's face, Evan knew that this was a word from God. This was a vision from God and call from God. And over time, God began to move. God began to break people's hearts and, and begin to, people began to get their lives right with the Lord again. And we see that in just six months, God moved right across our nation and over 100,000 people were saved and came to know the Lord Jesus as their saviour. God moved in incredible ways. And you know, a mark of that revival was the prayer meeting. Everybody would come back together and pray and people would be praying until early hours of the morning, just waiting in God's presence. People were crying out upon God. Lives were changed. Businesses were shut down. Crime rates went down in our nation. Our nation was completely changed because God was moving and transforming lives. Families and homes were restored. God was moving in incredible ways and it was all as a result of people coming together to pray and seek the Lord. And you know, I really believe that as we go forward, you know, I believe that the prayer meeting is going to be the most important meeting for us because when we pray, when the people of God pray, that's when God moves. 2 Chronicles chapter 7 verse 14, the Lord says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, will turn from their wicked ways and will repent and get their lives right, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and heal their land. That is what God's promise is. And I believe that will come to pass. God promised in the last days I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. God has promised that. And I believe that the promise for our house is the latter days will be greater than the former days. I believe it will be a mark of our church. But if we want to see God move in incredible ways, if we want to see Abraham and Abadir totally trans transformed and saved and people coming to know him, if we want to see our loved ones coming to know Jesus and our homes be in a place of worship, then we are going to need to pray as the people of God. We can't run away from this. The enemy wants to close down the prayer meeting. He tries to make us think that the prayer meeting is the most boring meeting of all. And that's why people don't pray so often anymore. But that's where the power is. If we want to see the power of God released, then we're going to need to come together to pray. And that's why as we come to a conclusion today, the first way in which we're going to build the corporate altar is we're going to make this a priority for us as a church going forward. You know, the Holy Spirit actually laid it on my heart and he said to me and whispered into my heart, that the prayer meeting is going to get bigger than our normal meetings, than our in-person services. And I'm excited about that. I really believe that was a word from the Lord as I was just spending time with him last week in the evening. As I was in my bedroom just studying the word of God. I really sense the Holy Spirit saying that our prayer meeting is going to become bigger than any meeting in our church. And you know what? I'm glad of that. Because that's where the power of God is released. That's where miracles are performed. That's where signs and wonders take place. And you know, when we begin to pray, that's when we'll see salvations occurring. That's when we'll see lives transformed. And so as a church, going forward, 
it is time to pray. That's why the prayer meeting is going to be central to everything that we do. It's going to be the engine room. It's going to be the priority for us going forward. And as we make it this priority, as we build on this foundation, then we'll see God move in incredible ways. I'm looking forward to just continuing to share over the next couple of weeks how we're going to continue to build this corporate altar. But the first way in which we're going to build this altar is we're going to make it the priority for us as a church going forward. Amen. Thanks again for listening to this podcast. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. For more content from Gateway and to connect with us, go to gatewaychurchcumry.co.uk. Have a great day.